0: Section 17 of The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Shashank Jachmula. The Living Animals of the World, Volume 1. Mammals by Charles Lewis Cornish, Editor. The Meerkats or Suricates. Most people who have read Frank Buckland's life will remember the suricate which was his chief pet in Albany Street. The suricates, or meerkats, burrow all over the South African veldt, especially in the sandy parts, where they set up outside their holes like prairie dogs and are seen by day. They are sociable animals and make most amazing pets. A full-grown one is not much larger than a hedgehog but more slender. It barks like a prairie dog and has many other noises of pleasure or anger. A lady, the owner of one, writes in country life. It gets on well with the dogs and cats, especially the latter as they are more friendly to her and allow her to sleep by their side and on the top of them. One old cat brings small birds to her. Her favourite is a sparrow and makes her usual cry, and Janet runs to her and carries off the bird, which she eats, feathers and all, in a very few minutes, if she is hungry. When near a farm, the meerkats will devour eggs and young chickens. They are also said to eat the eggs of the large leopard tortoise. The commonest is the slender-tailed meerkat. It is found all over South Africa and is very common in the Karoo. It eats insects and grubs as well as small animals, and is commonly kept as a pet throughout the colony. We have now traced the long line of the carnivora from the lordly lion, the slayer of man and his flocks and herds, and the tiger, equally formidable and no less specially developed for a life of rapine on a great scale, to creatures as small and insignificant as the meerkat which is at least as much an insect feeder as a devourer of flesh and the ichneumons and civets. The highest form of specialization in the group is the delicate mechanism by which the chief weapons of offense, the claws, are enabled to keep their razor edge by being drawn up into sheets when the animal walks but can be instantly thrust out at pleasure, rigid and sharp as sword blades. The gradual process by which this equipment deteriorates in the civets and disappears in the mongoose should be noted. There are many other carnivora, but none so formidable as those possessing the retractile claws. Thus, the bears, though often larger in bulk than the lion, are far inferior in the power of inflicting violent injury. At the same time, such delicate mechanisms is clearly not necessary for the well-being of a species. The members of the weasel tribe are quite as well able to take care of themselves as the small cats, though they have non-retractile and not very formidable claws. Such a very abnormal animal as the binturong, of which we are able to give an excellent photograph, is doubtless rightly assigned to the place in which modern science has placed it. But it will be found that there are several very anomalous forms quite as detached from any general type as is the binturong. Nature does not make species on any strictly graduated scale. Many of these nondescript animals are so unlike any other group or family that they seem almost freaks of nature. The binturong is certainly one of these. The next group with which we deal is that of the hyenas. In these, the equipment for catching living prey is very weak. Speed and pursuit are not their metier, but the eating of dead and decaying animals matter and the consumption of bones. Hence, the jaws and teeth are highly developed, while the rest of the body is degenerate. The question of the competitive intelligence of the apes and monkeys and the carnivorous animals subsequently described in these pages is an interesting one. It would seem at first as if the cat tribe and their relations, which have to obtain their prey by constant hunting and often to make use of considerable reflection and thought to bring these enterprises against other animals to a successful issue, would be more likely to develop intelligence and to improve in brain power than the great apes, which find an easy living in the tropical forests and only seek fruits and vegetables for their food. Yet, it is quite certain that this is not the case. The cat tribe, with the exception of the domesticated cats, does not show high intelligence. Even the latter are seldom trained to obey man, though they learn to accommodate themselves to his ways of life. There is no evidence that cats have any sense of number or that any of them in a wild state make any effort to provide shelter for themselves or construct a refuge from their enemies, though the leopard will make use of a cave as a liar. In matters requiring intelligence and cooperation, such rodents as the beaver or even the squirrel are far beyond the feline carnivora in sagacity and acquired or inherited ingenuity. Except the stoat, which sometimes hunts in packs, no species of the carnivora yet dealt with in this work combines to hunt its prey or for defence against enemies. Each for itself is the rule. And even among the less specialized flesh eating animals of the other groups, it is only the dog tribe which seems to understand the principles of association for a common object. End of section 17.